0: Father, we are grateful for uh, this weekend that we can uh, celebrate. We uh, have so much that we share with the world. Uh, Christmas, Lord, uh, so many will come together and they celebrate whether they are celebrating the birth of Christ or not. But uh, really today, there's just not much to celebrate except for the empty tomb and Christ being uh, crucified for our sins on Friday, buried, and then raised again to new life uh, on uh, Easter Sunday. And so we just pray that... Uh, as we celebrate, Lord, even in this uh, divided sort of manner that you would give us a unity. And I pray that uh, you would bless uh, your saints as they gather like this and in other ways all around the world. We pray that you would strengthen churches, and we God, we thank you for the creativity that the body of Christ is showing in uh, so many places now. And uh, Lord, just to just to be reminded that uh, for many believers, this is their, this is the kind of situation they deal with all the time. So we pray that you would help us. Uh, as we endure this for a season, we pray that then you would make us mindful of what the persecuted church is going through in places like Libya and Syria, what they uh, what they're having to deal with in uh, Saudi Arabia and even in places like uh, China sometimes, where that uh, people just don't have the freedom to worship, uh, even people that are right around us now where they just don't have the freedom to worship that they uh, should have. And so we pray God for your kingdom to come, we pray for your will would be done. And uh, we pray that you would move in our midst today, even as we're spread out, Lord, in different time zones, in different countries, we pray that you would be exalted. And we pray you'd guide us as we look at your word. And we pray, Lord, that as we celebrate the resurrect of Jesus, Lord, that you would uh, make us to be changed people uh, after this uh, time. And Lord, I pray that we would uh, carry this good news and this hope that we have uh, with us throughout our uh, throughout the rest of the year. So we thank you for uh, the day to celebrate, thank you for the, the opportunity to gather with so many, uh, even in this way, and we pray that you would just guide our time tonight, and we, uh, or today, we pray it in Jesus' name, amen. Well, we are going to be in uh, Matthew chapter 28, and we're going to start in, there we are, we're going to start in uh, verse 1. And this is from the English Standard Version. Now, after the Sabbath, toward the end of the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to the tomb, went to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. We come to uh, Easter. We come to this day. It's a day that divides uh, mankind. It just divides the world into uh, into two big groups, really. It's, in, it's probably the most important indicator. What we think about Christ and the resurrection of Jesus is uh, the most important thing that uh, can ever be said about us. Do we really believe that he died? Do we really believe that he was raised again from the dead? How we answer that is critical for us as people. Uh, a few years ago at IBCBI, we had a, a, a person come and And they said, uh, I want to be baptized. Uh, I can't remember if this was at a baptism time or just one Sunday. And the person said, I want to be baptized. And I I refused. I said, I I just can't baptize you because that person had told me really clearly, I believe that Jesus died on the cross, but I don't think that he rose from the dead. They told me, uh, I think he could have risen from the dead. I think he had that kind of power. And if it was necessary, if he needed to, then Certainly, he could have risen from the dead, but I don't think Jesus really did rise from the dead. And Because that person didn't really believe that he had come back to life, just that he had the power to come back to life if he needed to. They're missing this, this crucial detail, this, this one important part. And missing that one important part kept them from being a Christian. It made them something altogether different. Easter is a, a time like that. It divides uh, these groups of people, people who think that Jesus maybe was a, a good moral teacher or maybe they think he was even less than that. And, and then it also has this group of other people who think that he really is worth living for. I might be instructed in the – or I may be interested in the, in the instruction that I can get from a good moral teacher. And I, I love to read good teaching from different people or to hear – Uh, people that are skilled in the topic to teach me things. But uh, I'm not going to lay down my life for a person who's just a good teacher. I'm going to lay down my life for a person who was able to bring himself back from the dead. So uh, I want us to look at uh, three things as we come through uh, this text today. The first one is in uh, verse 6. This is the fact that the resurrection was planned. What, what it says in verse 6 is, uh, the angel says, He is not here, for he has risen. He is not here, for he has risen. Jesus had been telling his disciples that he was going to uh, die, and that he was going to be buried, and that he was going to be raised on the third day. But it really does not seem that his disciples understood what those predictions really meant. I don't think that um, uh, on a Sunday morning, on Easter morning when they arose, that they were going expecting to find him alive when they went to the tomb. They took all their spices and they went to do the thing that they knew to do, to, to finish this embalming work that they didn't have the opportunity to finish before the Sabbath started. I don't think they were being skeptical, right? We, we find that all, all the time. People say, well, I'm, I'm going to do uh, this or that. I'm, I'm going to learn to play the guitar maybe. And then you'll have a friend or a family member who'll say, oh, we'll see about that, right? And they're just skeptical. I don't think the disciples are being skeptical. I just think that they didn't understand. As a matter of fact, in uh, Mark chapter 10, or, or Mark 9, I always find this verse amazing. Uh, Mark chapter 9, verse 10, they're coming down from the Mount of Transfiguration. Um, and I'll start in verse 9, Mark 9, 9. And as they were coming down the mountain, he charged them to tell no one what they had seen until the Son of Man had risen from the dead. So then in verse 10, so they kept the matter to themselves, questioning what rising from the dead might mean. Because I've always thought, well, what else could rising from the dead mean except rising from the dead? It can only mean one thing, rising from the dead. And so that's maybe why... The disciples, or the really the ladies at the tomb, don't just get a, a visit from an angel. They get a visit, and they get an explanation, and they also get a sign. They get a visit, they get an explanation, and they get a sign. <coughs> Excuse me. So the resurrection, the, the, it, the, the sign, the symbol of the resurrection, wasn't that the angel appeared. The symbol was the empty tomb. The angel says, "Come and see the place where he lay, because he is no longer here. He's no longer here. It's a it's a pretty amazing kind of visitation, right? We even we're singing about this a bit. There's a there's an earthquake. The stone is rolled back. We have this uh, dazzling white clothes where these guys show up and the guards fall over like they're uh, dead. And when we think about uh, angel encounters in other places in the scripture." We see that kind of thing was enough, right? If you had the earthquake and you had the stone roll away and you had the angel appearing, that was plenty. As a matter of fact, in uh, Luke chapter 1, when Gabriel comes to Zechariah, Zechariah actually gets in trouble for saying, Oh, I see that you've come. I see that you're telling me something, but I really like just a little more proof. Zechariah has, has major problems with Gabriel after that. He goes for months and months and he can't speak but this angel he comes to these ladies and they don't just have to take his word he says come and see the tomb it's empty this is the 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 explanation and then they get the they get the sign too they, they get to go and see that this tomb is empty it backs up what the angel said so here we are two thousand years later and we can still find that this fact, the empty tomb, is a fact that we can base every bit of our life on. We think sometimes that we would like to have more evidence, right? I, 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 wish, I, could, I wish I could have a miracle, or I wish I could have uh, an angel that would come, or any of these uh, kind of things. But the guards were there. They saw the earthquake and the stone roll away. They saw the, the angels appear, and they didn't come away believing. It's not the miracle— that makes us believe in that sort of way. The the truth is for us now, uh, we're probably not gonna get much more evidence than the empty tomb. We've got the scripture that we can read, and we have uh, we have the the story that's been faithfully handed down to us, and, and we've got the we've got the empty tomb. And the question isn't, have we been given enough proof? The question is, will we we believe the proof that we have already been given? We don't need something else. We just need to put our faith in the stuff that we have been shown already. All around us, there are people who hear this story, and yet they don't believe it. So that really brings us to the third thing. If the resurrection was planned, if the, the real sign of the resurrection was this empty tomb, then how is it that we can know the difference between people who believe and people who don't believe? And I think the way that we know the difference between the people who believe and the people who don't believe is that the resurrection results in obedience. In uh, chapter 28, verse 8, it says, So these ladies departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, and they ran to tell the disciples. They departed quickly to tell the disciples they got a command from the angel and then they acted on it they went out immediately full of fear but with great joy obeying what the angel had told them to do and they they meet jesus right that's incredible they meet jesus on the way but they were already obeying before they met jesus the angel gave them a command and they did what they were told to do later in the chapter we see the same uh, sort of thing, right? That Jesus tells them, "Go, go, go! Tell my uh, disciples, go tell your brothers, go tell them to meet me in Galilee." When we get down to verse sixteen at the end of this chapter, we we see that they do go to Galilee. And they meet him, and he teaches them, and they have uh, this opportunity to be with him there at the very end of Matthew's gospel. So it's undeniable the idea that the disciples were obeying jesus they they believed in what they saw and they were acting out of obedience now as believers and his people nowadays we we mess up right we we, we wish that we could do better we, we want to follow him uh, but we don't always obey that we should have been. as i said earlier there's a the dividing line between the people who follow jesus and the the people who don't follow jesus the people who follow Jesus, have a heart to be uh, obeying him. Uh, in Romans chapter 6 and Romans, especially in chapter 7, we just see this uh, struggle that Paul has in Romans 7, uh, 18 and 19. He's saying, I, I want to do these things, but I, I don't do the things. And I have this battle inside myself. And sometimes I, I just really struggle with the, the way that I want to obey. So we have to think about ourselves. So, well, is it, what is it? Is it saying that I'm a, that I'm not, I'm, that I'm not a believer when I'm struggling to obey? I, I don't think that's true at all. I think, I think for the believer, we've placed our faith in Christ, and though we are imperfect, the arc of our life is bending toward obedience. It's bending toward Christ likeness. It's bending toward being the kind of people that He wants us to be, and it's not bending in some uh, other direction where we. Uh, reject the church or we reject the word or we all of these things that, that we know that godliness that we're places where we can learn godliness. We want to as believers gather together. We want to sing songs of the faith. We want to read the scripture. We want to know how we can be better disciples of his. And so we as God's people start to have lives that uh, look like the lives of everyone else in the world then we have some serious questions that we should stop and ask ourselves. And that's really kind of what I wanted us to spend just our last uh, couple of minutes thinking about. Uh, really some some questions that, that that we can have. This, I think one of the, the differences for uh, us as we've been, um, for my family, as we've been having um, home worship, this kind of thing where we're streaming things, It's just very easy, right? You have your you have your coffee this there maybe, and then something happens, and the you know the microwave dings, and we're always distracted, and we're not we're not paying a lot of attention, and so we uh, we'll come together, and maybe we hear a sermon, but then we walk away without really thinking much about it. And so I think this kind of setting gives us an opportunity just to think through personally. But then discuss in our own living rooms with our family, or if we're quarantined and we're stuck all by ourselves, or if you're, uh, you know, quarantine you're serving with some family who's not going to have this uh, discussion with you, your employer, or something like that. Then you have brothers and sisters, and maybe through Zoom or in Facebook, or you're uh, able to have Facetime chats or something. You can you can talk through some of these questions. So the first one is this: Maybe uh, maybe you talk about this today. How do you see yourself growing? In obedience, or maybe better yet, how if you ask other people, how do you see me growing in obedience over the past few months or the past year or so? How are we seeing each other grow, and what are we seeing come out of other people's lives? Um, and not only that, how can we then uh, encourage one another to be growing in some of these some of these areas? The second one is this: uh, How does thinking about Jesus's death and his burial and his resurrection. If we think back to the beginning of this, that this was planned from the beginning, uh, and yet it took this amount of time to be uh, to totally come to fruition. And even as Bosede was talking about earlier, we have that uh, Saturday kind of time. So they've gone through the week. They've had the trial. They've had uh, the crucifixion, and then on Saturday, you can just imagine that the disciples are sitting together thinking how did we miss it we really thought this guy was going to change the world we thought he was going to be the king of israel we thought all of these things and everything that they had been basing their life on the last three years seems to have just been smashed to bits and so maybe then we're stuck in our homes we're stuck in our quarantine we're stuck away from uh, our family for many of you i know you're uh, You're stuck, you're you're quarantined and yet you're still working, uh, right? Or you're doing homeschool homeschool or any of these other things that are having to happen. And we can look at the situation that we're in and we can start to think, surely this cannot be part of God's plan. Surely this is not what God is doing. But if he had long planned the death and the burial and the resurrection of Jesus and there were periods where that did not look like it was a wonderful plan then we can look at our situation now and think god can be doing something even if i don't see it even if i don't understand it i'm right in the middle of it and maybe being in the middle of the difficulty is making it hard for us to trust in god's promises that's something that we should be able to talk about in our in our groups do i feel like that that the world's just out of control or do i feel like my life is out of control do i feel like God maybe has a plan, but it doesn't seem like a very good plan. Are there any of those kinds of things that have just been gnawing at you that would be helpful for you to talk to uh, your brothers and sisters about? I think it's it's a good time for us to be able to think, imagine, what were those disciples going through when they sat together on, on Friday evening, when they sat together on Saturday, even when they were together Sunday and they started to get reports back the way we've seen him, he's alive. And their first thought wasn't, hallelujah. Their first thought was, these people were crazy. They were not expecting to get the news that they got. So being in those difficult places can make it hard for us to trust in God's promises. So this is the way I was thinking about it today. We, we, we have an easy time, or I'll say I have an easy time. I have an easy time looking at the disciples in Mark chapter 9, And thinking, what else could rising from the dead mean? It meant he was going to rise from the dead. How do you not understand that? And so I wonder, are people going to look back at us at some point and say, what else would he have meant if he said all things work together for good? He said all things work together for good. And so what else could he have meant except all things work together for good? It's easy to see down the road that, that these things are working together for good. It's difficult now, and we're going to need one another maybe to help, uh, to help our minds to go to uh, those good conclusions. Then the last one is this. Are you waiting for some kind of special sign before you put your faith in Jesus? Sometimes we wait, right? We wait, and we think, well, if God really wants to, he's going to give me this sign or that sign, and maybe sometimes we've We've even got something very particular, right? I've heard over and over people say, well, I, I asked God to send a bird, and he sent a bird, or I asked God to do this, and he did He did that that thing. Um, we have a sign. We have the sign that's here, that, that God loves you and that he cares for you and that he has a plan for you. The, the sign is here. He's, he's written it out for us. And he's given us this uh, empty tomb so that we know for sure that he has been raised from the dead. And that he will never die again. And he that can defeat death in his own life can surely defeat death in our lives as well. Being in this place where you think, well, I believe Jesus died on the cross and I believe that he was raised from the dead. But I'm not really kind of like actively following or doing anything like that. That's a little bit like buying a ticket to go on vacation, making your way to the airport, and then refusing to get off the jetway. If you don't get on the plane, then you are going to be left behind when it takes off. And so to be in a place where you're close to having faith, to be in a spot where you say, well, I believe that he died on the cross, but I'm just not so sure of any of the rest of it. That's the kind of testimony that has a person left behind at some point. And so if you're you're in a place and you'd say, well, I kind of have faith, uh, I don't know how many times, uh, over the years in evangelism, uh, I've talked to someone. I said, what do you think? And they say, oh, 50-50. 50-50. Like, I believe some. I'm not so sure. I'm just, I, I don't know. This is a place for us to come to the empty tomb. Christ died for our sins on Friday. Died. Was buried. And then on the third day, he was raised again to new life. And he'll never die again. And we can put our absolute faith. That is worth staking your entire life on. That Christ died for your sins according to the scripture. That he was buried. That he was raised again on the third day. We can we can live for that. And according to 1 Corinthians, Paul says, if that's not true, then everything that we do is pretty much worthless. We don't have anything that we should be hopeful for. If Christ didn't die for us, then we have no hope. But we do have hope because we have Easter and so uh, I think like those like those ladies that came they, they they encountered this good news that Christ was alive and they immediately got to be people who are uh, obeying we should be people who are who are sharing this good news as I've read through the, the uh, accounts of the resurrection in all of the gospels it just struck me just new this week the last time that Jesus was with these guys, they were, uh, they were, they were running away from him. And the very first opportunity, he asks, he says, "Go and get your brothers, and tell them to meet me in Galilee." Right? No matter what we've done, he's not going to leave us on the outside if we'll come to him in faith. And so I think we're, we're just in a, just in a great place to be, uh, to be able to remember. That the resurrection was planned, that this uh, empty tomb—it's—it's it's a sign. It's a sign for us, and that our response to these things is that we be obedient in Christ. Let's pray together. Lord, I do thank you for uh, these brothers and sisters, and just to be able—even just to flip through and to see, uh, to see Lao and Rita, and to see uh, Eddie, and to see Stephen, and uh, Lord, to see Anne uh, and to see Jenny, and to see. Uh, the Edwards, and just to see Mark and Caroline, those kids, and got so many different families that are represented from uh, countries just all over the world. It's an incredible blessing for me, and I thank you for uh, this uh, technology that makes it possible. And Lord, I thank you for uh, the stories that I know about them, Lord, that I can think about. uh, Lord, I can think about baptism with some of those folks, and I can think about how we laid our hands on and prayed over and sent out many of them, whether it was to Canada or back to the Philippines or uh, in South Africa or the UK or any of these other places. Lord, we just uh, we're just so grateful for the role that you've given us, Lord, to be brothers and sisters along with such uh, sweet saints. And uh, Father, I pray for uh, others who are here who may listen to this later on YouTube or on Facebook or uh, on the podcast or anything else. Lord, who would say they don't they don't know at this point where they uh, stand with Christ. I pray that you would give them faith that they would be able to see that the tomb is empty, that Christ died for their sins, that they might be redeemed. Lord, thank you for giving us something to live for. Thank you that uh, the goal for us is never perfection, but Lord, you're our perfection. And that perfection gets credited to our account. And so uh, while we stumble in our obedience, Lord, you're perfect in your obedience and you uh, give that to us. And we pray that you would Help us to be faithful in these days where they can seem pretty dark and we can uh, feel like things are out of control. And so we ask for your help and we ask for your strength. God, we pray for the brothers and sisters around us to, to help us carry our burdens uh, when we can. And we pray that you would give us, alert through the Holy Spirit, just that reminder to call and to reach out when somebody else maybe is having a, a tough day. We pray that you would strengthen us as a body during this time. Father, we pray for the church around the world as they meet and celebrate uh in in just different sorts of ways today we pray that you would help us lord as the body of christ to be uh lights that shine and make a difference during this pandemic lord i pray that you would uh, bring people to faith because of the difficulty that we're uh, experiencing now lord as many uh deal with sickness uh, maybe they end up in hospital or they're even on a ventilator lord that Uh, that they would uh, think of the gospel maybe that they've heard at different times. I pray for nurses and doctors that would have the opportunity to pray with sick patients and ask that you would, Lord, just give them a moment to bring hope into some of those situations. So we pray that you would just uh, bless the rest of our Easter. God, thank you for the chance that we have. And we pray that you would uh, allow us to be lights, Lord, that shine out in the dark night sky. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the resurrection, we pray it in his name. Amen.